have it, folks. The long-lost intro music is back. I think I had some wacky setting that I just didn't notice before, like something robotic. It was called like robot voice or robot music or something like that, and it that's exactly what it made it sound like. It sounded like some very deranged robot. And uh, so, yeah, glad to have that figured out. Hey, welcome back to Between the Lines. Peter LaRuffa here. Uh, so, like I had said uh, when I uh, posted my last episode, I want to take some time to talk about baptism. And what I'm really going to be doing is breaking down eight points of application that I preached in a sermon back in May. It was May 6th of this year, 2018, when I preached on baptism. And uh, what I want to do is uh, take the, take that sermon and put it in little bite-sized pieces, if you will, and hopefully that will serve you well uh, for whatever reason you're listening, uh, particularly if you are considering participating in our baptism service uh, this coming November. It seems to be that if you get 10 people in a room and ask them to explain baptism, you're likely to get 11 or more uh, answers. And what I want to do is hopefully help you understand the biblical middle, because I think so many times, uh, pretending on your context, your background, you might have uh, come out of a situation of a religious context where baptism was like the end-all, be-all, and it's all anybody ever spoke about. You put way too much stock in it, and now uh, the Lord has saved you. You've been saved by grace alone, in uh, by faith through Christ alone. And uh, as a result of that, perhaps you uh, do what I do sometimes, is you kind of have an overreaction. You move from one ditch to another right? You were in the ditch of baptism is everything. And now you're so excited about being saved by grace through faith. Baptism is nothing. And both of those ditches, I think, miss uh, what I'm calling the biblical middle. They both miss the scriptural mark. So what I did in May was called attention to eight, what I saw was eight important facts uh, about baptism that I think are important to understand. And uh, it's my hope and my prayer that by taking a look at these things, uh, two things might be accomplished, really. First, that we might better understand baptism as spectators. So this is not just for people who are thinking of being baptized, but perhaps it'll serve as a helpful reminder if you're like me. You have been baptized, uh, but you attend baptism services. They're part of your uh, life in the local church. So hopefully what you hear uh, throughout this uh, series of episodes will help to remind you of what we're looking at, what we're celebrating it, and uh, help you better understand and better celebrate it with others. Um, but secondly, and this is what really uh, put this uh, podcast idea on my heart, this episode on my heart, is you might be one who hasn't been baptized, but perhaps should be. And I hope that if we better understand the importance behind baptism, what it means and what it depicts, perhaps God might cause uh, you to move from uh, disobedience to obedience in this important area of our walks with the Lord. Perhaps you have forgotten how important it is because you've so uh, dug yourself into a ditch of, uh, I'm not saved by works, I'm saved by grace. Uh, but still, we need to remember that what we do matters, right? We want to honor the Lord with our life while here on earth. And even though uh, our actions, our works don't save us, we can still honor the Lord through our obedience to Him. So uh, for starters, what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to tell you, here are the eight points that I hope to make throughout this series of podcast episodes. And uh, maybe we'll take one or two in each episode uh, in an effort to keep them uh, short and sweet. First of all, point number one, baptism does not save us from our sins. Number two, baptism does symbolize our salvation. Number three, baptism is not necessary for salvation. Number four, baptism is normative in the New Testament. 
Number five, baptism is not for babies. Number six, baptism is for believers. Number seven, baptism makes us more like Jesus. And finally, number eight, baptism grows us in our obedience to Jesus. So today we'll start with point number one. Baptism does not save us from our sins. I want to make sure that we're clear on that, that as important as important as baptism is, and as much as I would encourage you, if you are a believer and haven't been baptized, to do so, you need to know for certain that there is no action, no ritual, nothing apart from God's sovereign, saving grace and mercy that saves us from our sins. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Verse 9 says, Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. If it's not a result of works, it's not a result of baptism. It's not a result of any work that you or I could do to merit our salvation. We are saved by grace through faith. Uh, Titus chapter 3 and verse 5 says, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. It's important to remember that baptism doesn't save us from our sins. Uh, you might remember the account of Philip uh, and the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. Uh, Philip tells the Ethiopian about Jesus, told him the good news about Jesus. He makes no mention of baptism. Philip explains to him what he's reading in Isaiah, and he explains to him uh, essentially the gospel, uh, but he doesn't say, forget about that, let's talk about baptism. Why? Because baptism is not of first importance. Baptism doesn't save. When I say those words, first importance, 1 Corinthians 15 comes to my mind. When Paul lays out the gospel in the first verses of that chapter, he speaks of Christ's death, Christ's burial, and resurrection, and moves on. He makes no mention of baptism whatsoever. In fact, elsewhere in 1 Corinthians, earlier in the book, chapter 1, verse 17, Paul specifically says, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. He specifically says, hey, I'm not here to baptize. I'm here to preach the gospel. Is that because baptism is unimportant? Not at all. It's because it's not of first importance, because the gospel is. Only Jesus saves. So we need to make sure that baptism is in its proper place. We don't want to elevate it to too high of a standard that we start to think that there is something salvific in being baptized. But with that, you also need to know that baptism does symbolize our salvation. And this is key. This is important, especially for those of us who are in the room when somebody is being baptized. Uh, we're reminded that it's a sign pointing to something greater than itself. It in and of itself is not special, but that which it depicts truly is Because when someone is immersed in baptism, so much is illustrated. First is the obvious. They go from being dry to being wet. The person comes out of the water looking very different than before they'd entered. This isn't just common sense. This should remind us of the difference that Christ makes in our lives when we're saved, when we give our lives to him, how the old has been put away or put off and the new has been put on, that God has given us a new identity, a new personhood in Christ Jesus. Now, in Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, we read these words, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism 
baptism into death, in order that, as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. See, in Romans 6, we see yet another picture. These verses speak of the burial and the resurrection of Christ. As someone is baptized, it's a reminder and a picture, both for them and all of us who watch, of the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's why those of us who are even in the room of somebody being baptized and we're hearing of what the Lord has done in their life to save them, when we watch that person be baptized, our hearts and minds are filled with joy because it calls to mind what Christ has done for all believers by dying and by rising on the third day. And it also is worth mentioning that this whole illustration is lost for those who believe that baptism can be done by sprinkling. Uh, first, the, you need to understand that the primary use of the Greek words that we have translated into English for baptize or baptism is just a Greek word that literally means to dip or to plunge or to submerge or to immerse. So it's not like this super spiritual biblical word that Paul or someone else coined for our purposes. Not at all. It's a Greek word. Those who, and, and so if you baptize by sprinkling, uh, you're basically saying that you immerse or submerge someone by sprinkling. So if you say that a few times slowly, you'll see why it sounds off. It's because it is off. And that's just not the biblical mode of baptism that we see throughout the scriptures. Uh, There's an example that's probably worth mentioning in Acts chapter 8, back to Philip and the Ethiopian. Um, When he commanded the chariot to stop, they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them, evidenced by the fact that Philip baptized him in the water, that they both went into the water, would lead us to believe this is most likely uh, an example of somebody being baptized and being immersed in baptism. Again, baptizing meaning to immerse or to submerge. They wouldn't enter the water just to be sprinkled, even as people who believe in sprinkling in baptism nowadays don't enter the water together. They just sprinkle. So it's important for us to realize these things about baptism. But first and foremost, you need to remember that baptism doesn't save, but don't forget what it does symbolize. Baptism does symbolize our salvation and the glorious work of Jesus Christ on the cross and rising from the grave for those who would believe. So hopefully that gets us off to a great start. Uh, I'll look at some other points of application that hopefully you'll find helpful in upcoming episodes. But now it is what you've all been waiting for. It is the outro music. Here we go. (laughs) 